This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because those are play games. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into the prime to be the role models, dreams and voices. About to show these boys how we do it. Higher, further, faster, baby. It's not about deserve. I'm not an owl! A girl has no name. There is something supernatural at work here. It's about what you believe. Did I stop on your mom? Guardian Leviosa. From now on, you do as I do. May the odds be ever in your favor. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Hearing, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, my name is Monica, and with me today is my lovely, amazing, glorious, with a beautiful headband equipped Amanda. Hi, Monica. How's it going? All semi-good in the hood, but we're alive, so that's great. <laughs> we are alive, and it's a beautiful sunny day, and just life is good when the sun is out. Right? I actually have no idea what kind of weather we had today. <laughs> oh, Monica. Right, we need to, like, you need to work on your boundaries, and you're getting away from your computer until 2 in the morning, and, like, well, what happened to your bedtime custodian he is off this week the bedtime oh custodian is <laughs> off this week and yeah i mean it's less so the boundaries more so me being an idiot and taking on another job that takes up more time than i thought it would so yeah that's what's happening basically <sighs> big sigh but it's big for sigh. two months so it's gonna be fine it's gonna be yeah. fine you know that chief with the dog i use it in zoom now because that's so appropriate with the fire yeah. around me that's basically how it's going <laughs> but everything is fine it's fine but that's oh, what we <laughs> i'm gonna back away slowly okay like excuse me i'm going to leave the room <laughs> all good but we're here for something better today than my sad sad life also how's your life let's say that i mean you had sunshine you had my life is good i'm having a good day except when tom made fun of me because i complimented somebody's garden and he was like oh who made you the patron saint of ballycarry <laughs> and i was what? like oh hi <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what right like just because you're in a good mood doesn't mean like i i was like <laughs> it was I like love... right in the heart like oh stab me <laughs> i like his whatever thing that is so what are we here for today we're here we're doing some geek girl reviews which are always fun episodes and but we're doing it on some maybe something a bit different than what we normally would review mm, ish i mean i think ish. it's i don't know falls in we did have books as well, I think, and we did not always only talk about geeky feminist things, but this time we decided we're gonna um, watch Hannah Gatsby's Nanette again, which is a stand-up comedian, and that came out, I think, early 2018? this year. 2018? What? I think. No, it was on Netflix only very recently. That's not two years ago. Really? Yeah, I from my recollection, it's kind of like at the beginning of this year. Oh, well, I don't feel so bad that we're reviewing this now then. See? Because I 100% thought that when I looked at it, that it said that it was um, like 2018. Hmm. 
I mean, I haven't checked it, but I don't feel like that's it on Netflix since 2018. No, I feel like it. Yeah, well, it's maybe not on Netflix since 2018, but it's definitely been out since 2018. Yeah. Yeah, maybe she's been touring for that long and then they put it on Netflix or something. Yeah, because it's dated 2018. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if it's only on Netflix this year, then, yeah, you know, it's that's basically the brand new brand public had access to that not too long ago i mean we're already in may so i know gosh this year is flying even though it's nothing happening <laughs> i know except for march march was like the longest year ever yep i feel i feel all the weeks are the longest year ever recently i know either way <laughs> yeah so we're gonna we i've watched it like a while ago i think pretty like almost immediately ish when it came out on Netflix I watched it because everybody was talking about it and I'm obviously very susceptible to peer pressure so that's what I did um and you watched it today hey. for the first time and I watched it for the second time because I have no remembrance of anything in life recently so basically that's how it is um and now we're up to date and all is great I have right. <laughs> didn't even know it Yeah, so I have heard people talking about this. Um it was quoted and referenced on Instagram a lot probably like when it first came out on uh Netflix I was going to say when it first came out on Instagram. <laughs> um and saying like you have to watch it, you have to watch it. And it was just something that I'll be honest, I'm not watching an awful lot of TV at the minute. Um especially now that I have taken up again with Warcraft. So it's um <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um and I don't really watch a lot of TV on my own. Mm-hmm. Um so it wasn't something that I had sunk the the hour and nine minutes into, but I am very 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 glad that I did today because for the first yeah, 35 40 minutes of it I was laughing my actual ass off. <laughs> until you don't. Until you don't. Yeah, until you don't. Yeah. I feel like it needs a a warning like this goes from like amazing comedy show to the realist feminist stand up speech TED talk amazing saddest thing in the world. Yeah. Like just all of those. Doesn't things. come with trigger warnings, does it? I don't think so, but I can look. At least they are very small. <laughs> When there no, are trigger warnings. Yeah, because not a, not on Netflix anyways. I mean all it would be like the age at the top left of the thing and then what is included. Yeah. But that's not really huge trigger warning is it? No. It's, it's talking about childhood turmoil and then the film is witty, intimate and emotional. And I'm like, uh, well that I mean yes that does cover it. I mean I like we could cover it a little bit more <laughs> if I am a person who gets triggered by these things and these are my pointers then basically I have to stop watching anything and everything because that's not giving anything away for sure um but all this to say I really enjoyed this um stand up and I'm felt a lot of mm. things and I got angry and I got emotional and I I don't know it was there was a lot it was an emotional roller coaster of 1 hour and 9 minutes Mm. I recall when I did first watch it that I did have a a laugh obviously because uh yeah she's funny at making things she's good at making things fun that aren't 
if you think about it, <laughs> aren't really fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but and she she what is interesting in this stand up, I think, to compare to others is she kind of takes you through it and then tells you what she did somehow. So she she makes fun of her. Basically, she starts to guide you through her life and her experience of growing up in Australia in Tasmania um, as a queer woman, as a lesbian woman, basically. Um, and apparently that's also very Bible belty and very is behind the times, politically correct. Probably not. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, so homosexuality was still illegal until the 90s. So um like 97 or something i guess she said and that's basically the time that she was growing up back in rural tasmania and which comes with well a fair amount of issues i would say and she's guiding us in her stand-up basically through her experiences and through her life which alone from what i've said now doesn't sound quite funny at the very beginning like you would imagine like how can this be funny but she's doing a pretty good job with that to even though she's telling us pretty nasty things about her life you're still like ah (laughs) it's the way she tells them though like when you know she she says like oh back then lesbian was any woman not laughing at a man (laughs) like oh You don't find that funny? Must be a lesbian, you know? <laughs> or, like, uh, people really had it out for um, for gay men because anal sex is the devil. But lesbians, like, you know, what's wrong with lesbians? There, there, there's nothing wrong with a cuddle. <laughs> like, they just <laughs> yeah. didn't understand lesbian. And um, honestly, like, I was laughing my actual ass off, like, at the beginning. It was very funny. <laughs> mm. And, I mean... Often humor in comedians is self-deprecating and uh, gallows humor, as Tom says. So, yeah, that's basically what she did. Like, that's why fat people make fat jokes, because it's one way of owning who they are and also to stop other people making fun of them. So she also made that, use that self-deprecating humor in her stand-up comedy. She did. And I wrote down word for word exactly what she said in regards to self-deprecating humor, she said, I put myself down in order to speak, and I simply will not do that anymore, not to myself or anyone who identifies with me. Mm. And I thought that was really powerful that Hannah Gadsby was taking a stand and being like, you know what? Putting yourself down to be funny is actually not funny. It was interesting, though, she said that, and then I had the feeling she still continued to do it. Mm. Um, So... But that's what, uh, you know, all that internalized homophobia does to you for so many years. I mean, also, I feel she, what she did is she made her program, like she went through her program and through her script and and, then her, 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 yeah, program, whatever, words. Um, And at the same time, she always took like this sidestep to tell you what she did. And then she went back into it. Like she had her, her, her play and everything and how she wanted to, to go about it and then she always took that step aside explained what she did there explained why even though she made it funny it's not really funny and how she made it funny that that, that is the tension that she's building up and then the release of the tension by some kind of joke she she really plays the audience like a fiddle basically (laughs) uh, while, while she then guides them to the 
climax is the wrong word. Um, yeah, she said that it's like she she's very good at speaking, building the tension and then breaking it before it gets too much. And mm. she is. She was phenomenal. Like, couldn't stop listening to her. And not mm. just because we were doing this for today, like for our show. I was like, I want to now watch everything that you've ever done and learn everything about you. Mm. Yeah. Um, now, what was it like for you, Monica, um, seeing this for the second time? The second time for me, it wasn't funny anymore. Like we talked about this as well in the, I feel this time it's kind of also the other way around when, then when we talked about the fat Thor in Marvel, in the Marvel movies where I'm like, haha, this is so funny. And I was laughing and you were like, you weren't laughing at all. And that's how I felt this time when I watched it for the second time, I did laugh obviously obviously the very first time when I watched it but now knowing what I knew and how it ended all the jokes to me weren't funny anymore because of the experience she had she really had and how she must have put all her programs previously in a way where she's kind of bending the reality so far that it still works um, as a comedy skit but then the reality is so much worse. So, mm. and I feel it's kind of a step even more hardcore than if someone makes um, fat jokes about themselves. Because obviously that's still, of course, that's also traumatizing when people, considering however people treat you. I mean, you can be a fat person and not have a bullying experience in school and in life and whatever. Um but she had really, really traumatizing experiences and she made those experiences into a comedy, which now in hindsight, I don't know how funny I think that is. I mean, I know that is a co obviously a coping, a coping mechanism for her and she's really good at doing that. But it's kind of reliving her trauma every time she's on stage and also knowing at the same time that I am not telling them everything. I mean, now she does, clearly, which I guess is also very therapeutic for her. But, and also why she said she can't do this anymore. Like she can't mm -hmm. be silent about this anymore because she needed people like her in her life that she could identify with. Um, and that's why she now is way more open about this. But I guess even previously, she made a lot of jokes that basically just hit the reality that was just that nobody should actually live through it all. And so during yeah. this entire time, you're thinking, aha, could have been worse. Like, you don't even think that it could have been worse because she says, oh, she, he walked away and everything was fine. Um, and yeah, then in the end, it's really not that. So that's why I, I, when I watched it again today, I was like, I re recall finding this all funny, but now I didn't. Yeah, I can absolutely see why or how that could happen, like a, the reflection on it and be like, oh, this is this is not funny at all. Like this is a very real and raw story that she's mm -hmm. telling through a comedic lens, but it's actually it's just painful and mm -hmm. it's soul her soul opening up to share this with the world to like to share her experience to be like we have to be better than this we can like we have the ability to be better than this is just 70 percent of the world are not 70 mm. percent is such a high number <laughs> it is it is that was that was hannah's statistic um so that was probably 
hopefully that statistic has changed a little bit. Um, but back at least when she was talking about internalized homophobia, she did say that seventy mm. percent of people believe that being gay is a sin. Yeah. So whether whether they're going to take that belief to the point of violence, I mean, hopefully that's not seventy percent of the world because that's a lot of the world. I mean, like all the rights, like women's rights and gay rights and queer rights and all of that, all of those marginalized group rights, they're very young. Like you would think that, yeah, we're whatever. I'm 35 now, you're 33, four, four. Sorry. Four. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't remember. <laughs> that's great then. <laughs> so, and it seems like, oh, that's not too long ago, but 97, eh? 97 is like that ago. And yeah. it's not that we are all so superior and we're all so much further along in our development with all of these things that we could be, yeah, we could say, we've made it so far. Of course, we made it far ish. Ish. <laughs> um, but it's also <laughs> not ideal. And it's also not that old yet so of course people still have those assumptions that being gay is illegal and being gay should be punished with whatever because that was 90 freaking seven <laughs> there are people in this world who have been living 30 40 years with this law in place and suddenly that's not in place anymore and it's really hard to get through as she said as well like she had that as well even though she was gay and the shame that came with that with being gay even though it should be illegal it's just so much pressure on a person and so hard for people to step out of that socialized stereotype and that norm that was created and now isn't one anymore and people adjusting to changed norms is just a really long process as well which is just also very fucking annoying. Yeah, it is a long process. And especially when you still have people like, I know this isn't exactly the same, but the people right now who are protesting to reopen places and they're essentially white nationalist rallies. And like, they're saying like, oh, give all the black people Corona so they all die. And like, like it, it's just, it's very similar parallels to what queer people have had and faced for years mm. and it's like yes we have made steps forward especially in some countries they're much more liberal much more um open open-minded and just better places to live <laughs> and then there's people though that still have these backwards beliefs like i i can't even be polite about it <laughs> now one thing that i did find kind of a strange flex at first was when Hannah started talking about her art history degree and like she was talking all all about um like long dead artists and how for example Van Gogh when he was alive he sold one painting and he was not a success and now I don't know how long he's been dead because I did not study art history um <laughs> but let's say a couple hundred years he is yes. like a very successful artist and it's like how come only in death did he become a successful artist. I right. don't know the answer to that. But I also love how much she hates Pablo Picasso. Because he's a misogynist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I also wrote down a quote um, that I actually like uh, texted Monica with because I was like crying. I was laughing so hard at, at her description of Western art. Um, I 
rewound this doc or this stand-up comedy like four times to listen to this quote and I was laughing and I was writing it down I was laughing and like honestly I would recommend this 69 minute stand-up comedy just for this quote so that you can hear the way that she says it but I'm gonna say it but really you should hear Hannah say it she says the history of western art is just the history of men painting women like their flesh vases for their dick for their dick flowers <laughs> i love oh. the image though dick flowers dick flowers flesh, <laughs> flesh vases for dick flowers yeah that's really good that's oh a really good analogy it is and it's so true uh, i mean yeah she's really not wrong even no, though you're sending though. the what fart history which is not true which is fat art history fat but art i always history. read fart history and even there it's like yeah if this is a male artist from like the 1800s to 1700s like and they're drawing or painting like women naked and stuff i'm like yep all right there's another flesh vase like, that's, <laughs> that's all i'm gonna see from now on so thanks hannah that, that was good i think she really did a great job at putting all these pieces together because you you she's taking you from her life as a um, queer person in in Australia to being different and, and then suddenly she talks about Van Gogh and Picasso and all that stuff and then you're like how the fuck does that even go together but in the end she really ties it together she perfectly. does because she's making the point that misogyny has existed forever mm. um, and like Unfortunately, the people in power, like Trump and Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby, like they aren't the exception. Mm. These men in power, quote unquote power of some kind, they're the rule. She reminded me what made me super upset when it happened. I recall that. But obviously, you've, there are so many things happening in the world that you forget what already initially did upset you tremendously, which is like Trump literally like publicly said that he was unconsensually having either sex with women or or using his power to seduce women and he got elected he got fucking elected yeah. even though they figured it all out like he they had a they had a tape they had everything there is nothing hidden underneath the carpet here and still people are like whatever you know what that man needs the presidency <laughs> you know <laughs> like it, it's a joke like honestly for for the entire population having a man like that in control of a of the world's i have no idea if america is still the world's most powerful nation right now i'm I mean, kind of like the world's biggest places. i'm not sure um but like have, putting a man in the, like that in charge of nuclear weapons in charge of all those secrets with the aliens like how can a man like that get that power like how can he be trusted with that power i really want to see the hillary documentary that was out there because apparently there is so much going on with her as well like with people trying to not get her to a place that she should be and apparently for americans the issue with the emails is super intense so but that's something that as an austrian i can't really quite fathom because i don't know um but yeah i really want to um check out the documentary of hillary clinton which was I'm apparently leading her through how the with through all the presidency situation and the election and stuff like that 
I'm always yeah. on board for some Hillary <laughs> stuff. I'm a big fan. <laughs> um, yeah, so growing up, like, with all of the shame put on you as a child, it's hard, like, and Hannah Gadsby talks about the relationship that she had with her or had and has with her mother and how when she first came out to her, she was like, oh, Hannah, why would you have to go and tell me that? That yeah. was a terrible Australian accent. But it was get, very, it was very, it was, it was very, it was very, it reminded me very of Texas, to be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, I kind of got that vibe from Hannah. So it was like uh, an Australia text. Anyways, I, that was a terrible child box and I'm sorry I won't do it again. Um, and then like as she's grown with her mom and she's Hannah has been more openly gay and more comfortable with with speaking out about who she is um she's had conversations with her mom where she has actually where her mom has actually said like you know I wish I'm I'm sorry that I I tried to hold you back from being who you are mm. and I think there's a lot of not only internalized homophobia that that queer people experience and that comes from being surrounded by homophobes and an environment that it's not okay to be gay. Mm. Um, but I think not so, so. So like queer people, many times need to learn unlearn how to like all of that internalized homophobia. It's just like being internalized. There's so much you can internalize, like um, racism and everything. Um, but then it's also the the language, like Frasley says, it's the words that we're growing up with that like you don't realize that might seem might be something that everybody says, but that's actually really bad. Yeah. I think people it's one reason that countryside life is a bit intense for everyone who is not the norm. Because people always are terrified or hate things that they have actually not really experienced because all that racism that is going down is never happening when you check the votes and whoever votes for who in in the countries it's not always that the big cities where everybody cum accumulates and where everybody is they are hardly ever the ones that are super right-winged and super anti-everything it's those towns and those municipalities where they haven't seen a black person, a gay person in the last 30 years. And those mm -hmm. are the ones who shout the loudest when it comes to rights for these people because it seems to them that they are losing something when, when somebody else can do something that they can do, which is just a really stupid way to live your life if you think that everybody wants to take something away from you because just because you share something doesn't mean that anything gets less like especially not human rights so i don't want to spoil it feels weird to say like i don't want to spoil something when it's some i'm just getting right back into this by the way <laughs> um I, it feels weird to say that you don't want to spoil something when it's talking like literally talking about somebody's life and somebody's like stand-up comedy um and i think that everybody should watch it but there comes a point where in this where she talks about uh when she was beaten up for being gay like beaten and dragged and like se pretty severely beaten and it was a really i was in floods of tears like when she was telling the story and she said that she didn't report that she got 
the ship beaten out of her, essentially. She didn't go to the hospital when she probably should have for the damage that that person inflicted on her. And it's because she was still so severely ashamed of who she was um, that she was, she felt like she probably felt like she deserved it in some way that like, yeah, she is different. So she should be beaten to a pulp. Like it, it, it broke my heart to listen to it. Um, Mm. And when that happened to her, she was only 17 years old, Mm. which according to Pablo Picasso is when a woman is in the prime of their life. Just FYI. That's why we hate Pablo Picasso. (laughs) So, I, I mean, I think the the phenomenon of people not reporting, there are so many reasons for people not to report. And for her, it was probably shame. And But I think for, because she's queer and because she's she's a, a lesbian. And for for other women, it, and maybe also for other men, because it's not that men never uh, experience any abuse and any rape in any way. Um, but obviously... Um, women are way more victim of that. I think shame is often a, a factor in these situations. Like, what do what does your partner think if you have one? Like, what does family think? What and and also because the blame is always put on the victim. You shouldn't have worn this. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have gone out that long. You shouldn't have done that. So all the things that we should not do are way more important in that moment than the asshole who fucking did shit like this and who should just not have done stuff like that because you don't do this and it, it was a really great coming back to Grace and Anatomy because why the fuck not why not <laughs> it wouldn't be a geek caring episode if we didn't if, if I didn't at least mention it once <laughs> um, they had one episode which was really intense intense where they got one in the um emergency room and they started to see that she was abused and then she didn't want to she just wanted to go home and everything and they had this special kit that they really asked her to to perform the apparently you have to go through an entire procedure to to at least have proof of the person who did that to you because if you go to the hospital basically shower then all the proof is gone um and they t- did that really tastefully and how and the woman didn't want it as in the in the moment either but the doctors in that moment were really all they were all women and some had experienced abuse as well in the show and so they were really dealing with her in a very amazing way to make her um go through this procedure with every like through every, every step of the way and i think that that's not a luxury that people who experience that have in real life that that doctors really see that you have been going through stuff like this and help you with that and let alone people go to the hospital when stuff like this happens so it's just really yeah intense and sad that we have to live in a society where if things like that happen to you you're basically even more screwed than you already are in that moment because that was a very bad choice of words, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> um, yeah, because you don't really have support as well. And as, as um, Hannah said, people apparently saw it and nobody stopped him. Like, where is the courage in us? Like, where, wh- where the fuck is our courage sometimes to step up for other people when they're in serious danger and when there is an actual threat happening? Yeah, I think as a society... And individually, we have a responsibility to step up 
without putting ourselves in danger, I think is, is pretty important as well. Um, but to speak out against, um, against mm. like actual physical attacks like this, mm. uh, if you see it happening, but also to be an activist in your own right. Um, whether that means going to a march, whether that means t- retweeting something like, however, whatever your activism looks like, it doesn't have to be, you make a podcast about it, but mm. you know, it can, that's what we did. You know? <laughs> um, I, I have to say, I loved how Hannah reflected on after she had this this incident this beating um about power and humanity she said to be rendered powerless doesn't destroy your humanity your resilience is your humanity Mm. i wrote something down at the very end as well i need to check my phone for that though now because obviously (laughs) i don't remember it anymore um she said um there is nothing stronger than a broken woman who has rebuilt herself I wrote that down too. Mm. So powerful. And she's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's right. <laughs> because it's still like in like the strength, like the physical strength that people bring up in that moment seems to be so much more important than what people have to go through emotionally. But go through stuff like this once and then you will definitely like there is people break from this and can't figure their life out anymore. But those who do, they are like don't don't mess with them, me. <laughs> you do not mess with a woman who has fought her way back from being broken. Mm. I I know my fair share of those women. I think I kind of am on myself, and you don't fuck with us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think what we need to take from Hannah's stand up. I, I it feels so wrong to call it a stand up comedy. Yeah. Like it really does, but I mean, technically, that's what it is. At kind of, yeah. um, is that diversity? And she said this as well. And I think like we just really need to push this point home. Diversity is strength. When we have diverse governments, when we have diverse people speaking, when we celebrate and appreciate all the diversity that's around us, that's where we're truly strong as as a society, as a nation, as a as as a world, as humanity. Mm-hmm is to celebrate our differences. When you fear difference, that's when you're stuck. That's when you don't learn anything. That's when you're stagnant and not growing and there's Mm -hmm. no moving forward. Yeah, she did say what you said. Difference, uh, diversity is strength and difference is a teacher. Because I wrote that down as well. (laughs) She's a very smart woman. She's a very smart woman. Very smart woman. So maybe it's time for another geek herring challenge and that's to make connections. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this, so I'm just going to talk. So (laughs) great. Yep. That's always where the best challenges come from. Um, find a way to connect with your community in a way that you haven't before, whether that's in your physical community, uh, in some way where you live in whatever stage of lockdown you're listening to this podcast in, um, or whether that's a digital and online community. Um, find a way to connect and to make others aware that you care mm-hmm. and that you celebrate them as a person. Yep. Well done. Well said. Thanks. I don't have anything more to add to that because it was beautiful. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um, so in conclusion, uh, Hannah Gadsby's Nanette, highly recommended, not for the comedy side. I mean, I guess in the beginning also for the comedy side, but yeah. I mean, we could also talk about flesh phases again. Penis flowers. 
penis, penis flowers, flowers and flesh flowers, faces. Flesh you know, faces. I'm always down for talking about penis flowers. <laughs> <laughs> penis flowers. I like the word and the picture I have in my head. Either way, yeah. So that's 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 my conclusion. Um, connect with your people and watch this stand-up comedy and yep. take tissues. Yep, do that. Do all of that. And if content warning, though, I would add is yes. abuse and rape. So be aware of yeah. that. Be aware. But other than that, highly recommendable. Highly recommended. Wow, recommendable. Yeah. Either that's way, a, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> I got it. I'm making it a word. (laughs) I will own that word too. Awesome. Yeah. So um, that's what we've got for you this week on Geek Herring. And let's see, this episode comes out on May 22nd. Wow. Wow. So happy May 22nd. And to celebrate, tell us in the comments of wherever you see this episode, how you're connecting with your community. That is your call to action today. And see you again next week for another awesome episode of Geek Herring. And I have to say, I know what it is. And it's an interview. And it's awesome. That is true. I almost spoiled something, but then I contained myself. (laughs) I think it's going to go be a nice follow for this one. That is very true. If you like this episode of Geek Caring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Caring and over on geekcaring.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.